Hello everyone, welcome to episode 39, Contending for the Youth of This Generation, The Cry for Spiritual Fathers and Mothers. Um, This is probably going to be one of the most straight from the heart, uh, shooting from the hip episodes I've ever done. And I want to make it perfectly clear right up front that not one word I'm going to speak is from a sense of ego at all. Um, Just a sense of passion for God's glory and honor, but zero ego. Um, Everything that I say and feel has a spiritual history behind it spanning over 44 years and quite honestly every significant spiritual event prophetic dream divine appointment uh, personal interaction is still crystal clear in my memory just as though each and every one of those things occurred just yesterday that is why I write and teach the way that I do. I kind of feel like a a living, breathing spiritual encyclopedia of thousands and thousands of Holy Spirit-initiated life events, all of which the Lord intended for me to share at this particular time in history and in this particular way for the intensive spiritual upbuilding, strengthening, and preparation of all who read and listen. Um, For as long as I can remember, the invisible kingdom of God has always been in my sight. Um, And that's not to my credit. That was placed upon me from before my birth. Um, Just the way I've always been wired. Well, tonight I speak for a generation of youth that is living at a time different from anything that any of us have ever experienced, a time that is different from anything any of us will experience. And I'll tell you this point blank, we need them as much as they need us. So it's imperative that we as adults be as humble and teachable to the Holy Spirit as possible Yes, we have the answers they need. However, both they and us are about to experience things that none of us have ready answers for. And so this is where all of us are on a level playing field because we are each and every one going to need to be 100% tuned in to the Holy Spirit's voice and leading. Um, The current move of the spirit that we are now in, in case you're wondering, is one of profound clarification and division. Um, Clarification for those who have been truly yielded to the Holy Spirit, growing in genuine humility and teachability. But division for those who have been rigid, bound by the religious system, And those who, even though they may have left the religious system, are still inwardly bound mentally and spiritually by the conditioning of that system. They still reason from it and base their discernment on it. It is precisely at this intersection 
that I am finding the youth to be much more resilient and flexible spiritually, mentally, and emotionally than many of us adults. Um, I don't see the sharp distinctions between them that I do between those of our generation. Uh, The truth is, most of our generation has been entrenched in religious tradition and ways in which we perceive spiritual realities. We don't tend to be very fluid in allowing the Holy Spirit to teach us as He wishes. Um, We're kind of like pupils who have our minds already made up as to what the answers are and how we wish to learn those answers. In other words, we think we already have the equations worked out, so no need to listen to Holy Spirit the teacher very closely because we already know what the answer is going to be. Well, let me share a little secret with you. Presumption is the surest way to miss God completely in what he is doing. And in fact, presumption is the surest way to short circuit your teachability and your ability to be led by the Holy Spirit. Um, Those who enter the kingdom of God, as Jesus said, must come as little children. And that requirement will never be negotiable. The current Asbury Revival, as it is being labeled, is providing the clearest proof of everything that I've just stated. Those who have been worshiping the Lord and being led by the Spirit in all forms of public repentance and humility in His presence have not been the ones to label this the Asbury Revival. That label was applied by skeptics and critics. So, the division has begun in earnest between those who are sincerely and genuinely open to and yielded to the Holy Spirit in the most childlike faith that I've ever seen in my lifetime, and on the other side of the fence, those who have nothing but fear, skepticism, and doubt ruling their minds and their hearts. Those individuals haven't seen a genuine move of God in so long, if at all, that the appearance of anything other than what they have experienced or expected brings nothing but skepticism. In short, they haven't seen the moving of God's Spirit in so long that they have grown to believe that there are no more moves of God left, which to me is a staggering profession of unbelief seeing as how the Holy Spirit is still here, still sovereign, still the third person of the Godhead, able to do freely as He wishes, which means we have some seriously huge repenting to do of our unbelief and stubbornness. The one gigantic blessing that I see in the youth in this current move who are being awakened is their profound humility of heart and their boldness of faith. And I will tell all of us grown up something right now. We are going to need supernatural faith in gigantic doses like you cannot even begin to picture in your mind right now. Because it may very well mean the difference between life and death. I am continually being challenged myself to stretch my faith in every way possible 
to build it and strengthen it for those times ahead. So anyway, here is where I actually wanted to begin tonight uh, with a prophetic dream the Lord gave me concerning the youth back in 1992. And I have been intently watching the spiritual horizon ever since then to discern the possible fulfillment of that prophetic dream. But until now, I have not seen anything even close. So in my dream, I was riding a bike along Flagler Drive in West Palm Beach, Florida, along the Intercoastal Waterway. You might want to Google that location. It's very beautiful with a blue waterway on one side and tall, shiny, sleek buildings on the other side and palm trees scattered everywhere. Really beautiful place. So I was biking along the waterway when a huge gust of wind came from behind me that almost blew me off my bike and actually carried me along for a few blocks. And as the enormous gust of wind blew past me, I looked up at the skyline of tall business buildings and I saw a sight that totally mesmerized me. As I looked up, I saw a giant white dove falling from the sky. It looked like the size of a huge 747. And as this giant dove fell from the sky... I could see a huge orange-red fire blazing in its belly. And I was completely overwhelmed with the awesomeness of what I was seeing. Suddenly, the giant dove fell behind the huge skyline of buildings. And just as suddenly, a parade of giant lions appeared in its place. And as I watched the parade of these giant lions moving behind the skyline of buildings, suddenly I saw on each lion's back children of all ages riding on them. The scene was one of just profound majesty as these children were lifted above every earthly thing into a heavenly position of authority and regal power. They had been exalted by God himself and not by any man. As I continued to watch this parade of giant lions with the youth on their backs, I fell to the ground as though in worship, and I was totally overcome, just weeping and crying out to God, and all I could say over and over again was, thank you, God, for the youth. Thank you, God, for the youth. And then I exploded out of my sleep, fully awake and out of breath like I had been running a marathon. Uh, I felt like the prophet Daniel, completely overcome by a vision I had just seen. And I was convinced that it was something I would live to see at some point in time in my life. And I am so very sure that what I am seeing happen now on these Christian college campuses is the beginning of that very thing. So I would like to solemnly warn everyone listening to the sound of my voice, please be very, very careful what you speak, 
regarding what God is doing in this hour. Take very great care to make sure that you are on the right side of this because your actions and your words and the state of your heart now will set the course for your life through the remainder of these end times. The wisest thing that any of us could say at this moment in time would be, Holy Spirit, position me as you see fit in this hour and do with me as you wish. That alone should behoove us to check our heart attitudes and our thoughts regarding anything resembling a sovereign move of the Holy Spirit. If we truly believe we are his people, then we should understand he has the right to move among us as he wishes, when he wishes, and how he wishes. Um, The most tragic oxymoron of all is a Christian who doesn't trust the Holy Spirit. And yet I have been seeing multitudes of those. They've been marinating in a religious system, steeped in unbelief, intellectualism, and a materialistic mindset, all of which are completely counter to the New Testament, new creation. Um, I just, I can't, I can't relate to someone who calls themselves a believer and yet their first reaction to a move of the Holy Spirit is one of fear or skepticism and doubt. Um, I don't understand that kind of salvation. I mean, how did you come to to faith by the Holy Spirit that you're afraid of or can't trust? Um, I just cannot relate to that mindset, I guess, because I was saved in such a dramatic way, uh, completely apart from the religious system. And I thank God that my salvation came directly from the Holy Spirit via that vision of Jesus Christ being crucified for me while I was in Germany and thousands of miles away from that dry, dead Presbyterian church that I was raised in. Um, Maybe most of you will understand now why I speak the way I do, because I see the religious system as being completely separate and utterly irreconcilable to the Holy Spirit himself. It would be like trying to fit the ocean into your bathtub. To me, that is how the Holy Spirit compares to the religious system we have cleverly devised for ourselves. And one day soon, I hope we wake up and realize how terribly and utterly foolish we have been. That would be the beginning of wisdom. So, all right, um, now for the Old Testament passages that I wanted to bring to your attention uh, as we cover this subject tonight of spiritual fathers and mothers, um, this is what God says in these last two verses of Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. God says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Now, this is another subject that I have never seen given a really thorough scriptural treatment, 
but it's in the word for a reason. The subject of curses in the Old Testament originates with God himself, saying that these curses are the spiritual outworking of the consequences of disobedience to his voice, to put it in its most appropriate context. I'll say that again because this is so very important. Curses are the spiritual outworking of the consequences of disobedience to his voice. All throughout the Old Testament and the book of Proverbs, we see specific consequences stated that take place as a result of disobedience to God's revealed will. The only remedy for coming out from under that is obedience to his revealed will will, and just as specifically obedience to his voice. God gave children as his greatest blessing that he could give to men and women, but when men and women, fathers and mothers, and especially fathers, do not walk in the way of the Lord, then that blessing is no longer a blessing. One of the father's responsibilities to his family is that of a priest, and that is in scripture in numerous places. But for brevity, in in Malachi 2.7, the Lord states what is required of a priest. And I'll take a moment to read that. For the priest's lips should keep knowledge, and they should seek the law at his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. So it is the responsibility of the priest to know the law, the word of God, It is the responsibility of the priest to know the word of the Lord and to interpret it to the Lord's people. So the priest is the messenger, or perhaps a better word would be representative of the Lord to his people. So this applies to the father as priest of his home. His children and his family should seek the word of the Lord at his mouth. They should be instructed and informed about the ways of God from him as head of the house. And in Hosea 4.6, God declares what will happen when its priests fail. He said, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you that you shall no longer be a priest unto me, seeing you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. In Deuteronomy 28, 41, Moses says, You shall have sons and daughters, but you shall not enjoy them, for they shall go into captivity. And that was one of the consequences of turning away from God in disobedience. You shall have sons and daughters, but you shall not enjoy them, for they shall go into captivity. And I believe I can say with all certainty that the place of captivity most of our sons and daughters have gone into, or most of our youth have gone into, has been the universities that have captivated their minds and turned them against the things of God. The result being spiritual captivity or captivity to spiritual blindness. So now, with what is taking place at these Christian universities, we are seeing a complete counter move by the Holy Spirit. 
who is bringing his presence to the very places where our youth have been taken captive in their minds, emotions, and spirits. Which brings me to my next point. Um, In the very early 1990s, I had prophetic dreams over and over of my wife and I nurturing a baby. And in the dreams, I always knew that the baby represented the early church being born one more time. A time that was coming when the Holy Spirit would sovereignly birth the church that was as completely dependent upon him as the very first church was. As dependent as an infant is upon its parents for their care and their nurture. And I am here to tell you as one who has been waiting in God's presence for this very day for well over 30 years that that time is just around the bend and possibly even being shaped right now within what we are seeing take place in this current move of the Holy Spirit. One powerful scriptural truth and principle that has been almost completely lost in the Western religious system is that of generations. The Bible's a generational book. It's full of stories about how God moved through various generations. God is a generational God. But what we have done and setting up our little religious system. We have a nursery for the little ones. We have children's church. Um, We have something for the teenagers, their youth group. The elderly have their separate activities. So basically what we've done is we've chopped the family unit into pieces where we completely separate the generations from one another, preventing any real spiritual nurturing interaction because of our little McDonald's fast food religious system. There is absolutely no way we're going to be useful to the Holy Spirit as spiritual parents until we face this reality. The spiritual truth is that we have forfeited and have almost completely lost sight of The fact that God, as I said, is a generational God. His promises are not made to just individuals, but to generations. The scripture says his faithfulness endures to all generations. The promise of his spirit is to all generations. And it's God's full intention that we minister to our families with a generational mindset. And if you even just browse through the Old Testament, you see that that mindset is all the way throughout. And if we're not thinking and ministering in those terms, then we are, as a consequence, falling short of God's ultimate standard. And not to sound overly harsh... But again, it is a reality. Those who simply stand by and mock movements such as the one taking place right now in our Christian universities, you are basically guilty of cursing this generation of youth 
and I can assure you there will be steep penalties to pay for doing so. As Jesus declared, please take this to heart, he that is not with me is against me. He that does not gather with me scatters. We are not given the option to simply sit on the fence and point our fingers at what we think might be wrong. We were given the divine responsibility by Jesus himself to go and make disciples of all nations. He did not give us the latitude to simply sit by and decide a move of the Holy Spirit doesn't meet our requirements, so we're just going to sit it out. There has been, for a very long time, an epidemic of unbelief and faithlessness within the professing body of Christ for as long as I can remember. And with people using the presence of false teachers as an excuse to sit back and do nothing but point fingers and cry wolf all day long. Well, that is not a ministry that Jesus has listed in the New Testament for us to operate in, especially not at the expense of doing our job of discipling and imparting the word and the gifts to one another. If we are not actively ministering the word and ministering in the gifts to one another, we are not even on first base. Where obedience to Jesus' commission and mandate is concerned. Furthermore, I honestly believe that the enemy has been working overtime for the last two to three decades to take as many spiritual fathers and mothers out of the game as he possibly can. I mean, the reality is we have been attacked in our health, our marriages, our businesses, our faith, on every front that the enemy could engage us on. That is because the enemy knows just how valuable the next generation of youth is. And if he has no one to challenge his claims, they will simply become swallowed up by the world system. The world system that will eventually give way to the entire world worshiping you-know-who. And at that point, the enemy's claims upon our generations of youth will be consolidated. But whatever losses we have sustained, whatever battle scars we have accumulated, we absolutely must rise to the occasion because God does not have a plan B when it comes to spiritual fathers and mothers. And hey, listen, folks, I speak from very direct and personal experience as one who has been a spiritual veteran of over 44 years, as one who has been boots on the ground in various discipleship ministries, and as one who has sustained a very heartbreaking loss, a loss of my darling wife to chronic disease and illness. And believe me, Hey, I just wanted to sit the rest of my life out and just mourn my wife. Um, Most of you who know me know just how broken and shattered I was and still in many ways am. And I truly believe that whatever usefulness I had in the Lord was long gone. But over a period of months, the Holy Spirit began to minister to me on deeper and deeper levels and begin to draw me back into the things that he had called me to do. Um, 
several years ago, speaking to those of you who have uh, been through battles in life and thinking the same thing. Several years ago, the Lord ministered a prophetic word to me concerning those who were going through horrific sifting processes and battles. And he simply said, survivors will be the end time revivers. And I believe that now is the commencement time for those who are thus called and may the spirit of God give us the diligence to do all that is necessary. Um, we are about to embark on the greatest spiritual mission of our lives. And this is where we must allow the Holy Spirit to do as thorough a house cleaning in us as he has to. Um, unbelief and fear absolutely have to go in the dumpster. And um, I'm sorry, but don't expect the battles with religious spirits to get any easier. It's only going to intensify, as you have probably figured out from some of the negative perceptions being regurgitated by those threatened by the Asbury revival. Um, the fact is we have been bound by the religious system here in the West for so long that the dominant spiritual climate has been one of major unbelief and religious pride, uh, which is the climate that the Holy Spirit really doesn't bother with very much. Uh, he'll go where he's welcome, where he's sought, where he's wanted. Um, the transformation I've seen in many believers over these last couple of weeks has been completely shocking to me, to say the least. But, again, that is the power of religious strongholds. They transform once fairly cordial brothers and sisters into, well, you know, somewhat ravenous beasts that can't be reasoned with. Um, they see only what they've been programmed to see. So, at any rate, you know what? If you encounter that, just leave them alone, walk away from it, don't engage, and don't allow them to drag you down. Uh, we have a job to do, folks. We do not have a lot of time to prepare for it. Walking in the peace of the Spirit is going to become a major part of our spiritual armor. So again, as Jesus said, the blind will lead the blind, so let them alone. Um, spiritual divisions are only going to become more intense and pronounced. There's no stopping that. So for those of you listening the place to begin is to allow the Holy Spirit to help you take stock of where you are spiritually right now. And when it comes to being a spiritual father or mother, it isn't so much what you know as it is who you know. Your daily intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit is your number one source of empowerment as a spiritual parent. It is the Holy Spirit's wisdom guidance and leading that you will be leaning on and those spiritual children that he brings into your life via your sphere of influence which could be your neighborhood church groups divine appointments etc he already knows them intimately inside and out and the one predominant quality you should seek to be open to and to develop is that of a revelatory capacity in other words, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you, as needed, 
what that spiritual son or daughter needs. Um, Use my existing podcasts as material to help disciple those that the Lord brings you. Um, The book, Being Discipled by the Holy Spirit, as an added resource. Um, There's one brother in the Lord named Rob, uh, who is currently taking three young men under his wing as a spiritual father, discipling them and utilizing the podcast quite extensively with all three of these young men, uh, in addition to supplying them with copies of my book. And so far, he has been reporting very good things about their progress. So you see, it doesn't have to be something overwhelming as long as you have solid spiritual resources available to you and the Holy Spirit to bring it all together. Um, I would really, really like to hear from those of you who are already being used of the Lord in this capacity. I know of a young, uh, precious Christian couple in Florida that are engaged in the same spiritual capacity with uh, young men and women who have been through addictions and different types of situations. So please message me here on Anchor or Spotify with uh, the unique situations the Lord has you in currently. And as time permits, I will try to dedicate another episode or two on this particular focus on contending for the youth of this generation, the cry for spiritual fathers and mothers. God bless everyone and have a good night.